Hello and welcome disc golfers to the Hitting the Line podcast. I am your host, Jad, and as per usual, I am joined by my brother, Nasdog. And this is the 14th installment of the Hitting the Line podcast. Nas, how's it going? It's going pretty good, Jad. We are getting ready to wrap up the DGPT season here with our uh, our final. We finally get to uh, see what this big buildup has been about and who our number one disc golfer is this year. Yeah, it's uh, we're ending the season. It's been a long, good season. We started this podcast halfway through the season, right around World's time, and it's been a good run. Um, yeah, well, I'm excited for it's kind of yeah, sad to think that it's Swedish. all slowing down and coming to an end. Uh, but at the same time, you know, kind of it'll give us some time to maybe focus on some things other than our personal disc golfing and uh, following the, the the pros. So maybe the off the off season will be beneficial to off us. Off seasons are always there. definitely necessary for sure. We we can go out there, get stronger, get get better, do whatever we have to do to come back stronger next year, just like our pros. Definitely. And we are actually recording this um, in two separate locations for the first time ever as well. We're doing we're doing something new here. We're trying a, a live stream. So hopefully the audio works out so far. It sounds like it's doing all right. Yeah. Look at us using tech and learning things and not stuff. just crammed in our room. Yeah. You are right now in uh, California. I'm still here in Southern Oregon using uh do we want to shout out this uh, website we're using let, let people know what what we're on sure yeah we're using um a website called Streamyard. from what i know it's uh relatively popular you can even stream straight to youtube you can have a live chat so we'll be adding youtube um here shortly or by by next season and we'll because me and nas will not be living in the same state any longer um so we'll be doing this most frequent and yeah this is how it'll be done from now on and this is the future. look out for things coming. This is the future, bro. It's 2021. We don't need to be in the same spot to get work done. That's right. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, All right. Sir. Well, like you said, uh, we are coming up to our finale and we are going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina at Hornet's Nest, which is, I think, one of the best courses in the entire world. Premier. If anybody knows much about Charlotte, you know, it's one of the best disc golf cities if I ever had to move from Southern Oregon, which I have talked about recently with uh, the wifey, Charlotte, North Carolina would be uh, the very top of my list of places I would want to go because of the choice and selection of disc golf courses, especially this course. And you know it's going to be a good course when it's the course selected for the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championships, the place to wrap it all up and see who really some of the best disc golfers are. And um, I don't know if we've talked about the format before, but it is kind of a quote bracket style system, although... The way is the way to win is not match match play or going heads up against someone. Uh, I believe the best four scores from each round move on, and so in the first round you're going to have 16 players, and then the top four of those will go on to the quarterfinals with uh, eight players who have a buy there, so making 12 total for that round, and then the top four scores from there will move on to the semifinals where we have already eight players who have earned a buy to the semifinals to give us a final 12 people going into. Uh, the final round, which will be the final four people with the largest payout in disc golf history with the winner taking home $20,000. And today we had uh, some big news kind of come out, which shifted things a little bit. Eagle McMahon being a goofball, throwing his shoulder out, um, is going to allow Aaron Gossage to move into the 32nd spot. 
and I believe bumped Matt Bell out to the quarterfinals, which is going to guarantee him another. That's awesome. Think. Yeah. I think that guarantees him. I read another two to three thousand. One thousand. Oh, just right off the bat. He's Every, get everybody gets 2000, but if you're in the next round, you get 3000. So yeah, it'll give him a guaranteed extra one K. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, I don't even know much about Aaron Gossage. I'm not sure he'll play a big he, role. In he this was on the lead card, um, after round one of the Portland open. And that's the only time we've heard of him. This okay. Year. I believe he made like another splash at the following tournament as well. And then he was actually unsponsored and I could be wrong. I, it's, I think Discmania actually signed him to a small contract this year um, oh, after he made those two little splashes. So, well, if we uh, want to talk about that lead card was enough. Starting tomorrow, uh, the top seeds, you know, we'll start with some kind of familiar names towards the top. The 17 seed is Jer- Jeremy Colling. And I'm not going to mention every seed number, but then Paul Uliberry, Gannon Burr, Chris Clemens, the next four, Thomas Gilbert, Emerson Keith, Ben Calloway, Bradley Williams. Next four, Andrew Presnell, Colton Montgomery, Chandler Fry, Nathan Queen, and Raven Newsom, Zachariah Johnson, Anthony Barella, and Aaron Gossage will all be playing tomorrow. Yeah, and so as you mentioned, those are just the – that's only – what is it, four, eight – that's 16 names of the possible 32. So we got 16 guys squaring off in round one. We've got eight guys um, in the quarterfinals waiting for four more, and then another eight guys waiting – for another four more already in the semifinals. So 32 total. If you're starting off in round one, it is not going to be easy to claw your way to the finals. Although we did see it last year with some people. Eric uh, Oakley, Nas, what are, who, yeah. Who are some names you're expecting to maybe have a chance to squeak out around one? Oh, to get out of round one. I mean, first name that jumped out at me that I was surprised was so far. You have down to finish was... top four out of 16. Yeah. You have to have one of the top four scores. And then if there's ties, the uh, higher seeds, get picked first so like you know it's uh gonna be beneficial that yuli and Colling played a bunch of tournaments didn't mm-hmm. necessarily finish great but if they can you know just get one of those top four scores or tie for one of those top four scores they're gonna get bumped to that next round so that's definitely a possibility you know you would be i think not um you would not be that surprised if uh raven newsom made it out of of there i feel like he's a name that's kind of shined a couple times. Anthony Barella, we know, can be really up and down, but he's someone with the arm and the putt that if he has his head right, uh, he can get out of this first round, I think, pretty easily. Uh, Gannon Burr has had some really kind of bright spots this year. He's a young kid, but he plays extremely well. He's the 19th seed. So smooth. He's really young. How how old is that kid? I I think you you know. Maybe maybe 15. He's like 15 or 16. That's crazy. He's 16 at the oldest. Yeah, so he's got a huge arm and he can putt well. Uh, I see the names. Yeah, I would say I would not be shocked if Yuli plays well. He's someone that we've said on this show a lot of times can play really good golf and stay out, stay out of trouble. So if he can just register a top score, I would not be surprised if Yuli or Coling or Thomas Gilbert, who has a huge arm, he kind of reminds me a little bit of Barella too with that really, really high ceiling if he can kind of keep his head on straight. How about sure. you? Who are some of the players you see there that you think could make it out of that first round tomorrow? I got three people who I'm pretty confident have a really good chance for sure. Two of them. My number one lock that I think is going to make it out is Andrew Presnell. He I was going to mention him too. And like, it's funny because like, I'm not a huge fan of his form. I don't, I'm never wowed by his game, but this dude is on lead cards 24 seven. Like it's yeah. impossible to not find footage of Andrew Presnell. Yeah, um, he's so I, Andrew Presnell is my favorite to make it out of the 16. And then I would say Bradley Williams and Gannon Burr are my other two favorites. Bradley just plays nice sound golf. If he doesn't make any mistakes, he should squeak into that fourth spot. 
Yeah, I think that would that would not surprise me at all. Sure. Um, so then waiting for those guys already in the corner finals um, in order, starting with the nine seed to the 16 seed, we have Chris Dickerson, Ezra, Joel Freeman, um, Drew Gibson, Andrew Marweed, Matt Oram, Garrett Gerthy, and Matt Bell. Yeah, I think uh, in that group, I would be very surprised if Drew Gibson didn't make it out. He's had a history of doing well at this tournament. Um, you know, you could definitely see Matty O with the season that he's had getting out of this round. And just as a personal bias, I love Matt, Matt Bell and his style. I think this course plays well for his style. You don't have to have a huge, huge arm to do well at this course. If you can putt and play through the woods, you can do well. So um, seeing Matt, speaking seeing of putt and play through there would, would be also um, Chris Dickerson, Chris Dickerson, someone who has made it to the finals. It seems like every year of this tournament. So you wouldn't be surprised Top to see two I, the past think, two years. Yeah. My forward pie would be Dickerson, Gibson, Matteo, and I'll throw in Joel. And you Freeman still have just, any of the first? You still have any of the first sixteen in play as well? Yeah, totally. Um, but I think Joel Freeman also has been playing really well recently. He's someone who could get out of that that round there. But you're right; any of those guys from the first sixteen that we talked about could also make a run. So the one thing I know about this tournament is you know you don't know what to expect. Like you said, we had Eric Oakley one year make a nice run from the round of 16 you had Austin Hanna make a run from the quarterfinals to the finals last year. So anything can happen. Whoever gets hot is going to uh, be rewarded with some cash money, no matter how far they get. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, let's talk about our guys who have already earned their way into the semifinals. These are our top eight disc golfers of the year at the DGPT events. And that is Ricky Wysocki, Calvin Heim Heimberg, Paul McBeth at three, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Kevin Jones, James Conrad, and our boy Nico LaCastro. So we have eight big names there. Two of them we've been riding on this show the whole year and on our prize pick entries, Adam Hammes and Kyle Klein. And I got to be honest, Jed, I was really surprised to see Kevin Jones this high up with some of the finishes he's had this year. But you, sure. know, you get one you get one win here or, or there or a top five here and there, and you can kind of lock in uh, a really high finish. But it's no surprise that uh, Ricky Wysocki is there at the top uh, with Eagle dropping out. I think Eagle was Eagle, the number two seed or was he the number one seed? I think he was the number one seed. He won. If I had a guess. GPT he would be one events. or two for sure. I think, I, th I think he, I, I, he, I think won he was most. one. He won three events this year. So I think that's more than anybody else. Um, so yeah, I think he was the number one seed. So that's something. Yeah. So I'm looking which, at which means everybody up one in 2021. Ricky had one win at DGPT events. Eagle had three, uh, Nicola Castro had one and yeah, Paul Macbeth actually had zero DGPT wins so far this year. So it's been a pretty, it's been pretty much an Eagle and Ricky show in terms of who's left on the semifinals card. So. Yeah. So, so speaking of Eagle dropping out, that moves Nico up to the eight seed. It guarantees him uh self a spot. Yeah, in boy. The semis. Yeah. So he gets an extra 2000. Um, so he's guaranteed 5k. And yeah, this is, I mean, there's no surprises here of our top eight, except for maybe Nico. You could probably switch him with Chris Dickerson, but uh, apparently yeah. Nico did Chris better Dickerson in our DGPT events. Play maybe as many events, doesn't travel. Yeah. He doesn't travel. As totally. Much, so. And Gibson. So again, like Gibson has had a great, great year. And for him to be 12th, is kind of surprising, but. Sure. Um, so again, only four people make it out of this round. And if I had to choose, I, I think you have to go with Ricky. You have to go with Paul. Uh, I'm still always feeling Kyle Klein, especially, I mean, he's coming off of 
the USDGC. So that's three out of my top four. Do you have anybody else that you like that you think might make it? Adam Hammes. I mean, I never count him out. I feel like he can he can always shoot the hot round. Um, you know, you wouldn't want to exclude Calvin either, but it's really you're like or, or even Kevin because Ken, Kevin, Kevin Jones, Jones is our reigning is, champ. He's he's a, a a champ, and he's I think had a top two or three finish before even that. So he's someone who historically plays. The semis well is going to be course. real good. Yeah, this is going to be excellent, especially if um, yeah, especially with those those names there. You know, Paul after winning US DGC last week, you got to think he's feeling himself and feeling good. Uh, Conrad, we've seen him perform in pressure situations, so it's going to be excellent to watch this. And I'm really glad that this is not behind a pay per view paywall. I'm going to be trying to watch as much of this as I can this weekend, uh, and I hope all of you are at home too because it's going to be fun, fun, fun. Yes, sir. So that takes us to our finals. Uh, who do you got taking down the whole thing? Oh, it just feels like Ricky season to me. Uh, I'm going to go Ricky Wysocki to win it. But like we said, any of these guys could, but I just, I just love Rick this year. He's been Mr. Number second, you know, he's been Mr. Second place a lot this year and I'm hoping he can pull it together and be Mr. Champion. Uh, how about you? Who is your pick to win it all? Sure. Um, you can't go wrong with any of the guys. Ricky's a good pick. I'm not, I'm not going to jock your pick. So just uh, give me, give me Kyle Klein with maybe um, a gun to my head and I might scream Paul Macbeth at the last second. So. Yeah, no, I think Kyle Rematch. might be a little, a little shook from his playoff loss last week, but on hole one, that's one of the easier holes too. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Kyle's young, man. I'm not sure the mental game is 100% there. Not saying he's lacking. Totally. But, uh, the fortitude, maybe. He's got that killer instinct, that Macbeth. Or Definitely. Even Calvin, who can just put on the stone face. And because Calvin, if totally. uh, last last year, his final round, he did poorly. His final round, Cal, uh, Calvin shot a 10 16 rated round. But the round before, he shot a 10 down 10 71. Which so was the hot the round 70s, of the tournament. Yeah. Which was the hot round of the entire tournament. No one even really yeah. got close to that score. I think the next closest score was a 57. So uh, a 10 50 round. So he was, he outperformed the field in that semifinal round. And the other thing to note about this jet is your rounds do not carry over. So if, you know, right. in a normal, in a normal tournament, Calvin uh, with those two scores would have shot 112 and that would have been in, in those two final rounds. And that would have been pretty good compared to, let's see, 100. Yeah. So like, well yeah, the strokes don't and, carry and you know, over from round to round. Speaking so of the strokes not you. carrying over, I, I kind of think it plays at a disadvantage to somebody like Rick. Ricky doesn't always shoot the hottest rounds, but he consistently shoots pretty good. And I think that's he never what kept shoots him in himself our, out of it. Yeah, he never shoots himself out. I think that's is. what's kept him in our top five all year at every tournament. So I hope he's he can shoot hot shooting. enough to, to compete with these eight guys. Yeah, he's capable of shooting the hot round any round, but he's definitely not ever going to shoot a 10 20 round. Like actually I'm going to go ahead and uh, I would love to totally. pull up his stats and just see what his lowest rated round of the year is. I bet you it's pretty darn good. Right. So. All righty. Okay. Well, does that, does that uh, um, take us champ to our is not award? easy. Well, what about our ladies? Let's talk about the ladies here. Oh, let's talk about the ladies. All right. Let's talk about the ladies. So then. Well, um, same format, except we have, let's see, 16. We have, less. We have just 20. Yeah, yep. we've got 20 of the women um, awaiting in the semifinals in order is Paige Pierce, Katrina Allen, Missy Gannon and Sarah Hokum. I would say there's zero surprises there. 
Haley King rounds it out at the fifth seed, but Haley has played pretty sweet this year, and Sarah has just played so consistent um, that That's to me it makes sense game, that yeah. she's in that fourth spot. Yeah, and Missy yeah. Gannon has multiple wins. So, I mean, yeah. no surprises, I think, in our top five at all. Um, and then the rest of the quarterfinals, Haley King, Jessica Weiss, Kona Panis, Lisa Fakis, Heather Young, Deanne Carey, Rebecca Cox, Owen Scoggins, Juliana Corver, Kat Merch, Madison Walker, Holly Finley. Yeah, I think the the names I see there that I maybe might expect to get out of there. Of course, we love Kona. We love Haley. I think those are two names we could agree on that we expect to make it out with the top score. But I also think Heather Young and then someone who's been playing really well this this season. And I didn't really know much about her is uh, Deanne Carey. Um, for some reason, in my mind, Deanne Carey was like an old FPO 40 player. But then I watched her play. I'm like, oh, that's Deanne Carey. OK, so she can ball. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Juliana Corver just playing it safe, keeping it in, in bounds kind of, she did not play a lot of events this year, but the ones she did play in, she seemed to perform pretty well. So, um, I think my I've, four, I've I got a name on this list. You have one. Go ahead. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to take Haley King, Kona, Heather Young, and Deanne Carey to make it out and get to the semifinals. How about you? Well, actually, I, excuse me. I, I think I had the name wrong. So I was looking at Madison Walker. That's not Macy Walker. It's Macy. It's Macy with no. the new last name. Who I'm thinking of, correct? Yeah, Madison Walker is uh, a homie, though, so we like her. I was thinking that was Macy, and then she just got married because it's that girl who's like seven. She can't be seventeen. She just got married. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know the name off. The she top hasn't traveled much, yeah. but she's a beast. Um, so I had the name wrong, but yeah, you expect Haley King to get out, especially after um. She just won. No. Where did hey, she just no, play a couple hey, weeks ago? Haley King won this tournament last year. That's what it was. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, she posted on Instagram today that she's feeling good and she thinks she's going to defend her championship. If Haley King's head game is in it, nobody can beat her in FPO, not even Paige Pierce. Um, so, yeah, we expect Haley to get out. We'd love Kona to get out. Heather Young's putting is just so good that you don't expect her to make a lot of mistakes. So is that yeah, he, is that three that we are that we are going to send to the next round? Haley, Kona, I think and Heather. So, yeah, I think so. And then any one of those other names, you know, Own I don't know has the accuracy and like the kind of shot shaping abilities as some of the rest of these players. We know she's got putting. We know she's a putting machine. She'll put anybody you know to shame when it comes to inside the circle putting. Um, and other person who I like but I don't think will make it out is. Rebecca Cox, uh, she used to have kind of a goofy type of run-up form. She's adjusted and changed her form recently, and it looks a lot better. So maybe not this year, but next year, I think uh, Rebecca Cox with her newly like tuned-up form could be someone to look out for. Um, so our fourth person, who do we want to put in there for fourth? I would say it's a toss-up between Lisa Fakus. We can go Rebecca Cox, Juliana Corver, or maybe even Holly Finley. Or Owen, just because she's a great putter. Yeah. Well, um, toss up between one of them so four. if we have those four going, we know who our semifinalists are. Who do you have making it to the finals and winning $30,000 or 10? So you can only eight. pick four, and I think you have to pick three out of our top four that are waiting between Paige, Katrina, Missy, and Sarah. One of those four will slip up, and Haley King will probably sneak in. Yeah, I'm wondering if Sarah's strategy of just kind of playing it in the fairway and swooping up pars – is going to work or if they're going to need to shoot or if she's going to need to shoot under to really uh, get, get to that, get to that final spot. So we know if Haley can keep, keep it together. I think we agree. It's probably Paige, Kat, Missy and Haley. 
Do you disagree? No, I don't. Okay. Well, as long as Paige doesn't come out and shoot another 800 rated round, Jesus. One of those, oh man, (laughs) one of those ladies is going to get a $30,000 payday. So they're going to make, you know, half as much as I make in a year teaching playing a weekend of disc golf. So that's great for the FPO field. And it's great for the MPO field that they're going to see some huge money. And we see why pro players love the DGPT because they pay cash money. It's like working in Give me Haley King to win it. And I want Katrina to win it. Yeah, I've got Katrina Allen um, in our next segment of our show here when we go to the board. So, who do you got taking it? Uh, I've got Katrina Allen. I think I just think she plays well in the woods. She's accurate. She doesn't go out of bounds too much. If she can have her short putting game on, I think it's going to be really hard to beat her. Uh, Paige, of course, is great. She's the legend. Um, minus that one round last week, she was way ahead at the USDGC. And then, yeah, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close until I think, would she take a 10 on a hole or a 12 and shot herself right out of it and shot a worse rated round? She shot more than 20. Yeah. She shot more than 20 strokes worse her second round. I wish I could have watched it. I just want to know, like, is she just going for, I I didn't, I didn't see it. So was she just going for it? Were you watching it? No, but I was following. No, I I did not pay for the pay per per view, but I was following along on Twitter with some people who were there. I was following the bogey tracker, um, and some things like that. So that's how I know. But you know, I think Paige, Paige and Paul, are, I think are both in a similar place where they've both gotten paid. They're both thinking, I think, about the future. Yeah, they know that their totally. time in the spotlight is probably over. Um, and it's hard to say that. I don't know if Paul or I don't know if Paul or Paige not over, over, but they not but over. they know that they are no longer the only one. But the McBeast days of winning the Grand Slam and winning the USDGC Worlds and all of these things, well, I think those without him winning over. USDGC this year, it kind of saved the look of his season. The look, but st- statistically, he finished still very well. But yes, we're so right. used to Paul well, dominating. The look we say for Paul, of course, yeah. We're so used to him dominating that when he's not first, second, or third at every tournament, we're shocked when he's still playing yeah. excellent disc golf. But with the new ratings update, uh, Ricky Wysocki is the highest rated player in the world at 1054. Oh, I didn't see that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think Paul's days of McBeasting are close to being done in terms of just dominating every tournament. Uh, of course, he's going to be there in the mix in every single tournament still. But I think the days of just locking it up and dominating are... No, no longer. And it's it's such a paradox that that we say this when he should have won worlds and he just won USDGC in the same year. Exactly, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's goofy. Like, we he shows up to the biggest. He, I mean, but he always shows up to the biggest tournaments of the year, and that's always been Paul. Is when all the money's on the line, but on Paul McBeth. Maybe because I think last year Paul got knocked out of this tournament. Um, I believe in the semifinals, Paul last year finished tied for fifth with you know seven other people he got knocked out in the semis he shot a 64 he shot par uh and did not make it out of the semifinal. so last year paul did not get that big payday that maybe he was looking for uh that was kevin jones who got the 20 I, I think year, he got so. that he got that payday when he switched over to this craft yeah he's not too worried about money let's say that well actually he's um donating all of his winnings this year to a couple foundations i know that i seen that yep. on twitter the other day that sounds really all, nice, but all of his, all of his in reality, it's, it's, it's for just tax because right it's for tax reasons. That's what rich people do to hoard their money and avoid paying taxes like us working folks rant over. Well, it, it's funny because like I have been seeing that on Twitter recently, like 
Oh, who are they talking about? Who just got in trouble recently? I don't know. Some athlete or something was like, oh, people paint this person out to be a bad person. He donates to this, 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 and this, and this. I'm like, yeah, because he's got so much money. He literally, saved, he literally saves money by donating money. <laughs> doesn't mean anything. Well, yeah, it's just at the end of the year when you do your taxes, you can say, well, I donated $20,000 to the Paul McBeth like, oh, Foundation. And well, no, yeah. they just take that off of whatever you owe. So you save. So that's why he right. started the Paul McBeth Foundation. It's a tax write-off haven. Anyway, let's not talk about the ruling class and the rich versus poor today. That's for a different show. Uh, let's get to <laughs> our board. Uh, as usual, we are sponsored the first ever disc golf podcast or show or company or anything to be sponsored by prize picks is of course your very own hitting the line. If you have not been using prize picks, you need to check it out. They are the first ever daily fantasy disc golf provider. You can go on and this week for the first time you can bet not only on total strokes in the round, but finishing place. And if you use the promo code HTL, they will match you up to a hundred dollars right away. That's cash money that you can use to bet the day you sign up and try to maybe double, triple, or quadruple your money up, or even more. So as Prize Picks is growing with um, DGPT supporting them now, Foundation Disc, Disc Golf supporting them, know that we are the originals, the OGs. We've been on them since day one. So please support Prize Picks. And Jed, let's go to our board on our Prize Pick apps here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so uh, over here on Prize Picks, we are looking at the board, and you know that. They don't always have every player on the board, but there is some variety this week, given that we have this round of 16 of newer guys. We see some new faces on here like Ben Calloway, Chris Clemens, Colt Montgomery, Bradley Williams, Presnell, et cetera, et cetera. Is there anybody that pops out to you for stroke play? I know for me, I feel more comfortable this week uh, choosing the finishing place. I think it's much easier to predict yeah. that. We know a lot of these guys can shoot under their projected rounds but i think that's much tougher to guess at than uh finishing place but is there anybody in stroke play that may or may not stick out to you yeah i think the first thing that jumps out to me is uh or there are two things that jump out to me just kind of comparing par 62 and we have paul uliberry and emerson keith both at 58 and a half so if you have a strong feeling one way or the other on who is going to play better that's an easy uh, two-pick power play at an over and an under. And also, uh, Barella is actually one stroke over Jeremy Colling. Jeremy Colling also at 58.5, Barella at 59.5. So, Barella just needs to shoot a three down to uh, beat his line there. And I think we both agree that Barella's ceiling is much higher than Jeremy Colling. Maybe his floor Definitely. is similar. So, I think the, the, the uh, Jeremy Colling-Barella two-pick power I think you could take Anthony Barella on the under and Jeremy Colling on the over, even though I don't love choosing him on the over because I think he's a good woods right. golfer. He's from that area. Right. He's He knows this and, course well. And forehand is so much easier to be precise than a backhand is. Yeah, because you're facing your target the entire time. Right. right? So maybe if you pair – ah, here's here's one. A uh, Anthony Barella, 59.5. Colton Montgomery, 59.5. So who do you think you know has Oof. the higher ceiling and floor there? I think Barella all both. day. And you take Barella on the under and Colton on the over. We know at this course, it's easy to, to shoot par. Paul McBeth did it in the semifinals last year where he shot par and got knocked out. So he shot a 64 par was 64 last year at 62 this year. I believe it's only holes either four and five or five and six that have switched from par fours to par threes. The rest of the course is pretty much identical. So um, 
I think you're looking at Colton and you think, uh, you know, he's kind of a middle of the pack or maybe even like a lower third of the pack type of player who kind of snuck in by just playing every single tournament and kind of just right. racking up just enough points to get in. So I think you could take Colton and Barella on an over under and uh, Chris Clemens, I think is an interesting cat. Cause in the, in the past he's done okay at this tournament, he's a forehand dominant player and he's someone that you could expect to play pretty well at this course. And they've got him at a 60. So all he has to do is shoot uh, a three down as well. Um, but of course, I think you'd like that 59 and a half line better with Barella. So in terms of total strokes, those are the people I would look at playing. Uh, and I've actually made uh, one entry with total strokes or was it two? Let me double check. Uh, yeah, just one entry with total strokes. And I went with the Emerson Keith, Paul Uliberry play with Emerson Keith under 58 and a half strokes and Yuli over. Although now that we're talking about it, I might go back and do a Barella colton montgomery two pick power play and see how that goes how about you do you have something that jumps out or similar thoughts well well all all similar thoughts as we just talked it out there and just for some context for people listening we did mention that the par is two strokes more this year so just for some context you know everybody left it's yeah okay so just just for context here everybody that's projected for this 59 58 area um, so we are saying two strokes less. So par was 60 last year. So 58 would have been like a 56. No, par, was, right? par was 64 last year. Okay. So that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So the, um, so last, last year, a three down, a three down last year was 1023 rated. So a three down that's last what I was year getting was 1023. Yeah. yeah. So all these guys are only projected for a 1023, 1016 ish type of round. So, Right, Just for right. context, whoever you think is going to have the better chance at shooting better than a 10-20 rated round is kind of who you want to lean on for your unders. And anybody else who you're less confident on, uh, go for your overs. 10-20, I mean, think about that for your for your ceiling versus um, floor, for example. But I think also some, some something to keep in mind is people here aren't playing for total strokes. You're just trying to play for one of the best top four scores. So I noticed something when looking at the scores from the semis last year, right? So these, these are our best You guys. think people will be going for it a lot harder? Something like that, because last year, looking at the fifth place and down, uh, Eric Oakley in the semis, 10-16. James Conrad in the semis, 9-95. Kyle Klein in the semis, okay. 102. Garrett Gerthy, 102. So once they realize Nico maybe Lacaster. halfway through the round that they need to make yeah. up strokes, they're probably really gunning for No it. one in the semis who got knocked out shot better than a 10-20 round. And then the top guys, 10-70, 10-36, 10-30, 10 so yeah, there's definitely a slightly different psychology to this type of tournament where you just have to get one of the top four scores, even if you tie. So some people might totally. be it safer when they could be going for it just to play safe and make sure nothing happens. Or you might watch the person ahead of you or the first three people ahead of you go OB and you just lay up or you play it safe and you don't, you're not necessarily going for, you know, the lowest score. You just got to get one of those top four scores. So the psychology is a little bit different. And I think that's something to keep in mind moving in as the rounds go farther. Like let's say Anthony Barella makes it out of this round and you're still um, betting here on prize picks. You know, if he doesn't start off hot and some of those the better players do, your Kyle Kleins, your Ricky Wysocki's, your Paul McBets, whoever is in the next round waiting for Barella, he's going to have to go for it a lot more. And we know how swingy he is. So those that might be your – you might be betting the under now, but maybe later in the tournament you might want to bet the over knowing that he's going to be really going for it. So, Yeah. Um, well, let's go ahead then. And, uh, do you want to look at the overall finishes? This is something we've been talking about yeah. and kind of excited for, for a little while. So let's look at the board when it comes to 
overall finishes. And I think, I don't know for sure, Jeb, I think these who is available to pick finishing place will change as the tournament goes on, as we get a clearer picture of who's going to be in yeah. the finals. But they've got Paul McBeth, Ricky, Chris Dickerson, Coling, Matty O, and then on the FPO side, Haley King, Paige Pierce, and Katrina. So they take, of course, people who are already in the semis, except the big glaring difference here is Dickerson and Coling, who are not already in the semis, and Matty O. Um, and I think we, I looked at what you tweeted from the Hitting the Line uh, Twitter account. Your lock was the same as mine. Uh, it's a total lock. O. I think it's the best bet of the week. Yeah, this is our bet of the week if you're listening. Matty O uh, at five and a half fi uh, finishing. Curious. So if he finishes under. So if he finishes fifth or better, he finishes un uh, under. If he finishes sixth or worse, you can hit the over. And I think we both think that Matty O over five and a half or fifth and a half place is our lock of the week. Not that we don't love Matty O, but it's going to be very we hard. We love Matty O. It's going to be very hard to claw your way kind of um, – out from where he is, which we mentioned earlier. I don't have it right in front of me now. Matty O is currently the 14th seed, so he's already in the quarterfinals, but he's going to have to beat, you know, eight other guys to get to the semis and then also then beat, once he gets to the semis, beat another seven guys to finish fifth or better. So that's our lock of the week in terms of finishing places. Matty O over fifth and a half place. Do we have another one in yep. terms of, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And I also, with the same thought process, I like Coling um, over 13 and a half place as well. Not yeah, that we don't the, love Coling, he's but in the first round. He, ha he has to, he has to make it out of the first round or shoot the next best. So he would have to shoot fifth best out of that round. Is that right? Is that how uh, that would work? I think so. But the thing that works to his advantage here to think about too, is because he's the highest seed out of that first round. If he, he has ties, a tiebreaker, if he ties people, he's going to get to the next round. He's in the top and 12. He, yep. And then when, when he gets to that next, next round though, there's still going to be 20 guys left. So he's going to have to beat then seven more of those, those guys to get that. So our other lock of the week, I think is Jeremy Colling on the over 13 and a half. So means he's going to finish 14th place or worse is what we are saying. Definitely. So those are our two. And then the last one. Overs. And then the last one I tweeted from um, the Hitting the Line account would be Haley King on the under. Uh, I just think that she's comfortable. She's really good. And if she beats out, she, I'm guaranteeing, you're hearing her here first, you know, you hate guaranteeing bets. I'm guaranteeing she makes it out of the first round. And then all she has to do, I, in my opinion, would probably be just beat Sarah Hokum, and then she gets there for you. So and Haley King on the under. Go ahead. I was going to say, and we know our knock on Haley, though, this whole year is that she's not super consistent. So if she can just put it together for a few rounds, we think we, that she can beat fourth place for sure. Yeah, and I think I think worst case scenario for Haley this week is you push on the four. In a push, you can still win on prize picks. That's so right. Give, give me Haley King on the under as well. Those are my three favorite bets. I prefer the placing um, this week more than I do the strokes. Same. And just because of that psychology we talked about before. Uh, totally, so and I, I think a lot of the, these other people you can you can pick as well. If I was to choose, I would choose Dickerson on the over, not because I don't love him. He's crushed the past two years at this tournament, but simply because you have to make it through multiple rounds. That's not and that's always the easiest thing to do. You don't have that leeway to have a mediocre round or even a good round. You pretty much have to shoot a pretty darn good round back to back. Otherwise, you won't be able to make it that far. So 
which is why the first two pick power that I put together for uh, finishes is Ricky Wysocki under fourth place. So that means he's going to finish third or better for that to hit. Um, we know he's already in the semis, so that makes it easier. Uh, he would have to beat the likes of Kyle Klein and Hamas and Conrad and Nico and whoever makes it out of the quarters. But like we talked about, he plays so consistent and his ceiling is so his ceiling is high and his floor is so low that we feel like he's pretty much a lock to, high as to well. the finals. So um, my first lock or my first two pick power that I put together was Matteo over five and a half. And, you know, it's not good just to give our listeners the overs. So my under is Ricky at fourth place under. So that was my first two pick power that I put together. And then my second one was Katrina Allen under third and a half place. I think she can finish like third. One. You could have Paige Haley or Haley Page or Sarah Page cat and that still hits and then our jeremy Colling over 13 and a half so cat under Colling over feeling pretty good about those two and yeah so i have three entries this this week i already talked about my strokes and those are my two uh finishing places so what are your um do you have any entries made yet or are you still looking i i didn't make any entries but i think you nailed all of my same thoughts so as as always with our suggestions you know mix it up do some hedging have some of them where you have Paige Pierce on the under, have some of them where you have Paige Pierce on the over. Um, I think just getting in a variety and leaning towards the people that you think are going to do best is going to be your smartest option. You know, you're not going to want to lose it all. It's never fun to lose it all in the weekend. So if you can hedge a little bit, do that. And yeah, have some fun with it. It's going to be the last tournament probably here on prize picks. I would imagine. Unless they have more. So. I've, I've, I've got my last little bit of cash here that I plan on spending this uh, weekend on prize picks. I've already cashed out and made uh, my money back plus I'm on the year. So now I'm kind of just free rolling here and having some fun. So I'm excited to see how these finishing place um, lines change as the week goes on and as the week happens. So should be pretty interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And I think that's going to be it from us as far as prize picks goes and, talking about that kind of thing. Um, as we mentioned last podcast, things people can expect from us would be maybe a little bit of off off season type episodes, maybe some collabs. We've had people hit us up about that. So we'll, we'll be tweeting. We'll be keeping everybody updated. I'm super excited for next season. We did start this podcast halfway through the season. So being able to start with prize picks at the very beginning of the season, I think will be a lot of fun. Maybe we can do like a bankroll challenge of some sort. Yeah. We'll, really uh, we'll have some ideas going and, yeah, it was it was a fun ride this year. Do you want to take some time to brag about beating me in uh, the tournament we played last last weekend or two weekends ago? Did did we already mention that? Oh no, we didn't. So, uh, so we had a a local a local B tier. Yeah, B tiers are always fun for us. Ams. We had a local B tier at a local course where, of course, the ratings are always deflated at at these tournaments at our local course, I swear, because we, everybody plays it so often that people shoot so much better than they should. So and then you got a guy like Scotty Withers at 1040 rated, uh, coming out. And Scott, Scott with, yeah. Scott Withers was the TD. He, uh, TDs a lot of tournaments in our area here in Southern Oregon. He crushed everybody. Uh, but yeah, I spanked Nasdog. No, for, you won by the, what? Total strokes three or four. No, I doubt it. I took six. I and took you, 11th. You finished, that was tied. you finished like bottom quarter, probably. <laughs> no, I finished 11th. I tied for 11th. I'll have you know. Okay, so I took six out of 20. He took maybe 11th. But regardless, we both shot like absolute shit the first round. Yeah. It was we funny. We got to play together we, the first two rounds. 
we always joke how it's a three round tournament. We always joke how we never get to play together. And then somehow day one, we get paired up with me, him and two other people. One person didn't show up. And the other person was um, amateur woman. So, and she was just yeah. a blast. She's probably like in her fifties. It, it was essentially just me and Nas having a casual round, which you think would have took the pressure off, but instead we both somehow shoot the worst round we have ever shot there. Both of us, we both shot like a plus six or something when we're used I, to shooting. I, one I, or I shot under. a plus a, a plus eight, and uh, yeah. Oh, this is our time. We got to give a shout out to uh, Sky High Smoking Accessories in Southern Oregon. <laughs> team shout Sky out Lowe's. High, Carlos uh asked us to shout him out he's on team sky high smoking accessories he always uh hollers hitting the line when he walks, walks hitting by the line. so uh, i do have With the results the in front of road. us jed i shot 11 over over three rounds you shot six over over three rounds so yeah you beat me by five strokes and i gotta say man hole five took my lunch all three rounds on hole five i took fives when i should have had okay easy three four over all three rounds do you have that in front of you uh, I me, took a quadruple yeah. bogey and then a bogey and then another bogey for all three rounds. Let me see. I'll I shot my right first now. quadruple bogey, I believe, in a tournament ever since I was like maybe 14. I was shooting a f- couple under par and then over the course of two holes, I shot six over and it just. It all just right. Shot Round three, you took a five on that hole. Round one, which is, I think, the one we, yeah, the one we played together. This is a par four, by the way, guys. Round one, you took an, uh, you took an eight on a, par, right. on a par four. <laughs> um and never yeah, done that so before. was that was the hole that ruined you because that round if you shoot just a four there you well, end how, up... how, how was it watching it because you were there with me watching it i was two or three under par going into i mean that when, I when you good. watch your yeah you were two or three under going into that hole and, you, and when you watch your best disc golf buddy throw three ob shots in a row one off the tee one on the approach three OB on, in a row. uh the second it's, approach. it's kind of scary so <laughs> um you know that's a bummer but you know i think both of us i mean my rating dropped 17 points this past time so my past two tournaments the eugene disc, disc golf challenge and this cave, caveman challenge were not good to my rating but now i can officially you didn't, play you didn't get much practice in i can play am2 with no regrets i'm not bagging i'm 20 points under i'm gonna come and swoop up an am2 right. win somewhere and then you know once my confidence is back up and my rating pushes me back up you know last last year this time i think i was 904 rated and i jumped way up to about nine like what i am. or nine <laughs> 940 and then to drop back down to 917 is a total bummer. My ego was crushed. But uh, yesterday at league, though, Jed, I shot, I think, a 7 or an 8 down. I shot a 54 at league. So that was pretty, pretty nice. Right, just so to go. like a 950-ish. Well, you know what What I did is I took the Baobab out of my bag because on hole 5, that's what cost me those strokes. Each time I approached, the Baobab would hit right by the, by the pin and then roll all roll down the, the hill. way down to the Rogue River. And all three rounds, it did the same thing. And then it screwed me on hole 11 on my approach shot. It skipped way past. Uh, and so for league, it's just hard to have zone. a gentle landing with that disc. It is. Yeah. So I threw the zone back in the bag for league ye- yesterday. And it was awesome to have the zone back in the bag. I got to admit, I've missed it. I had tried to write off the zone. Um, but it was something that I think I needed in my You know, bag, it's, so it's different from up. the Baobab. The Baobab's way more utility. Whereas, yeah, the, I shouldn't be approaching um, zone that, is thing. A disc that is kind of a staple. Yeah, yeah, it's more of like a get out of jail type type disc. Roller disc. It's a roller disc for me. So I was using it as a zone, and it is not a zone. It does not go as far, and it's way skippier and crazier. So I think going into winter series, I might do a couple of them. I think I I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I would like to get my rating back up, so I'll try to play all the rated tournaments if I can. Anyway, for sure, for let's sure. wrap it up for this week. Uh, 
listeners, thank you. Please make sure you guys go to Prize Picks if you've never tried it before. It's a lot of fun. Use the promo code HTL to get a match up to a hundred dollars. And uh, I think we'll see you guys on the flip side, maybe next season. Yeah, and I, I don't think we have an intro or outro music this week because I'm not at my computer, so I'll hit it for you. Peace. All right, y'all. See you guys. Later.